What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Namaste podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul and creating positive goal-oriented talk. So today on the podcast, I have a very special guest. His name is Chevy in the house. How's it going? Going great. Yeah? Going great. Glad to be back in the city for a bit. Yes. it's uh, You came back during like a great week. Yeah. That there's something about the energy of this week where everything just feels so much better than it did last week. Maybe it's the weather. I don't know. It's definitely the Raptors. Possibly. <laughs> oh my God. Of course. <laughs> Are you a big Raptors fan? I am just so like, especially back in the day, I was a huge sports fan. Yeah. Um, And just things have gotten busy. So it's like my friends have kept up with it. So we have like a WhatsApp group where whenever oh there's a game God. on, I can't keep up with the talk, but they're so heavily into it. And just considering the fact that this is the first time Toronto has gone to the finals mm-hmm. is huge. Wait, first time ever? Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? All so right. it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, clearly I'm not a fan. So, cause, and that's, that's the best part about it where it's just like over the last few years, they've just progressed and gotten further. Huh. So to be honest, not to jinx them or anything, but like if they did lose, We'd still be happy. True. Because, like, even last year, we made it to um, the semis, and there was a big, huge applause at the end for the Raptors. And you even heard, you know, all the other teams that witnessed that. They're like, wow, Toronto's fans are amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Truly, I thought Toronto's fans were posers. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like, so I was watching the game last night. Um, they're playing at in Oakland. Hmm. Um Three minutes left in the game, oh, um, Golden State Warriors knew that they were losing. And you already saw fans leaving. While if that was a Raptors game, fans are going to stay until that buzzer goes off. You know wow, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. Honestly, though, I swear I didn't know that many people liked basketball. And I swear everyone, like a lot of people yeah. are only liking it because we're winning. I feel like that always happens in Toronto. The ba- what the Blue Jays, when the Blue Jays mm-hmm. were winning, I don't know if, mm-hmm. some, I don't, if they made it to a finals yeah. in the last few years. But all of a sudden, everybody's interested in going yeah. to the Blue Jays games. Like, I, But it sounds like you've been a fan for a long time. Like You're a yeah. legit fan. I can't say that I'm a fan because <laughs> I'm not. But I then, <laughs> even if you're not, just like in terms of if you were to break it down in any other instance like for example everybody's going out to see aladdin to support mina yeah. you know what i mean and it's just it's a huge factor where toronto is the only canadian sports team mm-hmm. franchise even right mm-hmm. so it's like when they're doing well even though you're not a fan you see your friends getting excited and you're just like okay yeah this is something to get excited about good point yeah. that's a good point have you seen aladdin i have it's so good is it like, oh, I'm, I just got to say, I'm so happy the way Will just took over that role. I know. Yeah. I'm mind blown at how good he, honestly, huh. I feel kind of bad. I, when I, when I left the theater, I went, wow, I did not think he was going to be that good, but he mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, the girl that played Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Naomi Whoa, Scott. Naomi yeah. Scott. Oh my God, what yeah. a talent, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah, blew my mind. And Mina just did a fantastic job. I'm yeah. just so happy for him. Are you friends with him as well? I Well, 
mutual friends, like yeah, just because yeah, yeah. in within the acting community. Yeah. So, but I've never shook hands with him. Yeah, he's fabulous. <laughs> he's just awesome. A great boss. Yeah. Actually, I think you guys would get along. He's very into you know into the stones too. The stones. <laughs> Before we started the show, um, well, actually, I, I I didn't even introduce that. First off, Chevy is an <laughs> actor, and he was in a fabulous show called uh, Takes Two, which is. Pretty awesome because it was with Rachel Bilson who's uh, one of my favorite actresses <laughs> of all time uh, what was that experience like it was it was incredible yeah. um, again because myself growing up I was also a huge OC fan so and it was so funny too where it's like on the first day makeup trailer and then Rachel walks in and she introduced herself it's like oh hi I'm Rachel and I was like <laughs> didn't want to fan out where I'm just like <laughs> obviously (laughs) i know (laughs) and it was just it was it was such a cool experience just meeting her and eddie and the rest of the cast alice and Leah, and just also seeing them work Mm -hmm. and that was also a really um eye-opening moment where as an actor getting to i guess work with names and just stepping up on the ladder or getting higher and getting bigger roles um and finally i'm getting one where I'm working alongside these people and it's like you think about, oh, do they do what tricks do they have? What what you know, how do they remember all the, their lines? How do they break down scenes? And then just seeing them do the basics, ask the same questions that you would ask in your scene studies classes and stuff was an eye opener. I was like, they don't do anything different. Really? Yeah. It's it's all the basics. They ask why they ask. And mm. as and that's the best part, too. And as they're reading the scenes for the first time too, they're also analyzing it and thinking about it and not just reading through it. Cause there was, um, a moment too, where we were rehearsing the scene for the first time and Rachel and Eddie are starting their dialogue. And then all of a sudden Rachel gave a line and then she just stopped in that moment. It's like, why would I say that? And then mm. Eddie was just like, read the next line. <laughs> And then she read it, it's like, okay, that makes sense, <laughs> right? And just always asking why as an actor in that moment, in any moment, just helps you understand every situation so much better. Oh, wow. Yeah. That must have been a very, uh, like, very enlightening experience for you, just yeah, being around them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is What was Eddie like being around? I kind of <laughs> he's, know. He's cool. He's fun. He's yeah. just, Yeah. <laughs> I know a little bit about him only through The Real Housewives because his ex was on it for a while. Fair enough. <laughs> and when I saw that he was on that show, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's the Eddie that Brandy's <laughs> always talking about. <laughs> He's a good looking guy. <laughs> he is. And yeah, his, his, like, it, it was funny too because it's just like um, the scenes too were he has his shirt off so then he'll have like his own regiment too where and then we tease him about that where it's like okay well we're gonna have lunch <laughs> and he's just there just like all right i'll just not have what you're having <laughs> so but it's, it's funny though he's a great guy and he's his energy definitely helped keep i guess the, especially those late nights on set mm-hmm. help keeping the energy high and you had a morale lot of, like, high oh did you have a lot of like overnight uh uh not set? Well, depending on other productions, comparing it to that, like it was, it was pretty normal. Okay. Like I've been on other productions where it's night shoot after night shoot after night shoot, but they were actually pretty efficient with the scheduling and everything. Oh, cool. And are you working on anything right now that you could share? Um, currently I'm not filming anything. Well, as of 
right now. Um, just yeah, here. I know I'm here. <laughs> just finished um, an episode on Get Shorty. Okay. Um, it's a reboot from the movie. Um, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy yeah. it if you haven't seen it. Um, did that, and then at the end of this month, I get to check off another, I guess, bucket list in terms of acting wants. I'm doing a Christmas movie. Oh, my God. A yeah. Hallmark one? I think it's Hallmark. It is a movie of the week, but it's going on Netflix, which I'm excited about. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> jealous. Yeah. Oh, my God. So this is like, this actually, it is on my bucket list as well. Yeah. I just, I am a sucker for those cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. Well, Hallmark, Hallmark ABC does a good job of them as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm obsessed with all the Melissa Joan Hart ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just Fair love enough. her because yeah. I'm a Spring of the Teenage Witch fan. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. Where's that filming in Toronto, Vancouver? It's filming in Guam. What? Yeah, so it's an island Christmas. Cool. Type of movie. Yep. So oh, I get to let crap. my hair down and yeah. Go in the wind. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can get my Daniel Craig walking out of the ocean moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that'll be that'll be cool. At least try to do a boomerang. Get someone to yeah. film you. <laughs> do the do the hair flip. I love it. So. <laughs> you didn't have uh, lo- long hair like you do now when we oh, first met. No. We yeah. actually, uh, guys, we, we met uh, in a very funny <laughs> place. We both worked for Nissan yeah. at the auto show. Dude, okay. When we worked at the auto show, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I wanted to like rip my hair out. It is such <laughs> a boring, <laughs> tedious thing mm-hmm. to just you, first off, guys, working for Nissan is actually pretty intense. You have to learn all about all of the cars. Yeah. And yeah, it was we had to learn everything and not, not only that, but we had to like we had to make sure that we knew all the really uh, like technical stuff. To be honest, by the end of it, I was kind of biased toward Nissan. Where I was like, I want to buy a Nissan. I know. <laughs> Me too. See, it's funny because I actually, I'd worked for Audi at the auto show. I'd worked for Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I'd done Nissan. I did uh, Mazda and Volkswagen. But it was funny because every single show that I did, I left being like, oh, I'm going to buy an Audi. <laughs> oh, I'm going to buy a Mazda. <laughs> it's like, for some reason, it's like they're converting you into a customer as well yeah. because you just get so on board with the brand and like promoting it to people. It was so funny too because it's like I want to say a few months later um I found myself in a Nissan Rogue really (laughs) and then I was and then like um the the lady was like telling him about it's like oh I just got this car and I'm just like yeah it's a great car and I'm talking to her like like I was trying to convince her yeah you know I was like wow why am I (laughs) did you remember the horsepower because I'll be super impressed if you did no I don't know no no that's that's even even I guess when it comes to acting, like as soon as like I'm done a project, like the dialogue just leaves me. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't it make you appreciate when you get a role though? Just like having to do those small jobs. Do you do you oh, yeah. uh, do you have to do anything like that now? Like I know that I have a lot of actor friends. Like even when you land a TV mm. series or whatnot, like you still like there's that lull period between gigs, and you do have to do little things. My friend Anne, she does um, she was on the show Rain. Yeah, and uh, quite a big character. And mm-hmm. now she just for in between shooting things, she'll do like behind the scenes work. She'll mm-hmm. do like background action work, and I mean it pays pretty well. So, yeah. do you ever have to do anything like that? Just I I haven't had to yet. I've been fortunate enough to not have to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. But like for me, I I'm I want to start doing it because when I am in these lulls, mm. I just feel so idle. Yeah, that's what 
and because I can only, you know, do so much work on myself day after day after day, mm-hmm. read this, you know, work on this scene, um, go to the gym. You know, I can only do that so many times and it starts to become redundant. Sure. Um, and then I'm just like, I kind of want to get back, you know, just to working. Yeah. Or yeah. just like being on set. And even if you're background action, like I kind of love that she does that because yeah. that puts you around set all the yeah, time. No, you never enough. know who you might meet yeah. and, you know, and you can also watch other actors. No, but like even, not even, not even to that, to be honest, I was like genuinely considering, you know, applying at a local coffee shop right down the street from me just to, <laughs> cause yeah. it's just, I just want to work sure. in general. You yeah. know what I mean? And just have that. It's weird where I just kind of wanted to help out and serve something and, you mm-hmm. know, and not necessarily serve coffee, but, you know, serve a purpose, Sure, you know, so. Well, I have this theory that we need to constantly be challenged yeah. and, you know, like if you're, if, if you are doing something that's very routine every single day, then mm-hmm. it's at, at some point, it's not a challenge anymore yeah. and you need to change things up. Definitely. And that's kind of why I started the podcast because I've been, you know, working at Cricket for two and a half years mm-hmm. and don't work that much like yeah. the shows maybe two hours out of my day yeah. and then I'm not like and I haven't been auditioning for the last year I'm now currently going to look for an agent but I wasn't because I was you know trying to give my all to this mm-hmm. but then I'm you know after a while it's the same thing and you can change it up while you do it but you know there's a, there's a lot of extra time on your hands so that's yeah. why I was like I need to yeah. I need to challenge myself start a podcast yeah. you know yeah <laughs> but it's like with with respect to those lulls as well and it's it's been working out um, in a fortunate way where, with my management team, we have an understanding. They have the understanding. I'm still trying to you know hold on to it and and trust it. Which when I trust it, it works out great. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm not trusting it, I'm in a sense of panic. But essentially, you have actors that are going to go out to a hundred auditions and may not even book one, right? right? Um, but my managers are great in a sense where they're focusing on roles that cater more to me. Hmm. So I was talking to my friend about this the other day where I don't go out to that many auditions, but my booking ratio is actually pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. Right. Where Hmm. the roles that I've auditioned for this year, if I didn't get it, I at least got a call back. Hmm. I think you got a really great team if they can do that for you. That's, That's awesome. For sure. Yeah, because I think, and you also have a very distinctive look too, right? So I think yeah. there's like certain characters that you could play just like perfectly mm-hmm. look-wise, right? Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I think I'm going to take off my jacket. Yeah. It is getting hot it's in here. It's so hot. Oh you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is um, I noticed on your Instagram, I loved, uh, you were kind of doing your own like Instagram podcast for a while. You were yeah. posting, yeah, you did uh, like hashtag dream big. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed I was watching all your highlights this morning and it's so <laughs> funny because I, I know you, you read this already, mm. but uh, literally last night I had a dream. <laughs> that I was hanging out with Jim Carrey That's and uh, we uh, we were just talking about acting and we were like laying by a pool which is so <laughs> random <laughs> and then when I go to your profile this morning and I'm just kind of like clicking through you know seeing you know if there's anything that I uh, sort of missed or things that I want to talk about and I clicked on the dream big highlight and the first person 
it's Jim Carrey. And it's just funny that you called it Dream Big because he was just legit in my dream. So yeah. he is so inspiring. Eh? Have is. you watched a lot of his talks? Yeah. 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 Fantastic. And I um, do you know about how like he would sit in his car and drive around Bridal Path mm-hmm. and just visualize yeah. that life? Do you ever do anything like that? Um. Yeah. 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 I I'd, I'd say like I've definitely even purposely gone to places just to be in that presence. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to London, um, I just made it a goal. There wasn't a show going on at the time, but I made it a goal to go to the National Theater. And I was just outside it, and I just started to bawl. Because it's like just knowing that so many of my favorite actors went through here mm-hmm. on this stage, and it was just so powerful in that moment. I could just feel the energy just coursing through me. And I just started to bawl, and it was it was like – the most inspiring moment of that um, time because it's like it was a lull for me where it's like, oh, when's the next time I'm going to work? And then as soon as that happened, like I was just reinvigorated and re-inspired and just yeah. ready to go again. Yeah, no. So I, I definitely get it. It's national theater and especially the way the letters are in bold is essentially for me like the Hollywood sign of the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I have a moment like that too. I yeah. saw Kate Blanchett perform live in New York. Oh wow, <sighs> bald as well. Yeah, she's just fantastic. Yeah, she's just like she's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And the reason I asked is because you seem like you're a believer in the law of attraction and mm-hmm. mindset and whatnot. Do you have any fun law of attraction stories where you've attracted something that you've just wanted for some time? Um, I guess like. Well, my big story of moving out west, um, that was that was, to be honest, that was my last try. Like I was in that mind state where I was like, I got nothing left. Hmm. Um, Toronto's been beating me up. I got to get out of here. And but the thing with that is like Toronto's beating me up, but I'm putting in so much work, hmm. right? And it just it didn't feel right where it's, I'm putting in so much work, but I'm not getting anything in return. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just felt like, um, that, that quote about insanity where it's like, you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So it's like, I'm doing the same thing over and over. What am I, what can I do different? Mm-hmm. So I left the city, went to Vancouver and then for take two, it, it was my, cause I say it was my first audition, but it was actually my second audition. My first audition when I got to Vancouver was for a stage production. And then, but take two was my first audition for film Mm -hmm. there. So it's like I moved there and then within a few days I end up booking the role that like pushed me to the next level. Yeah. And isn't that funny? Because that's what they say. You have to make one big leap and then you start flowing again. Mm -hmm. That's, that seems to be the case for everybody. And even, uh, I remember when Mina was on the podcast, we were talking about Aladdin and before he got that and he booked, um, Jack Ryan before. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that, uh, you know, he was just so down and out and he had just broken up with his girlfriend and he was living in LA and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then it just, it's just like all happened like that where he decided that he was going to just give it his all and, and just like try to believe in that there there must be a plan or there must be something like something good can happen yeah. for him and then he got Jack Ryan and then he got Aladdin yeah because so. like even even going even further back where so I started acting um I say professionally because this is when I got into the union but mm. in 2009 was when I got into the union so that's when I started really taking it seriously um 
but then I decided to take a break after I started gaining momentum within the industry. Hmm. Um, and after I did, um, he never died, which they're actually making a sequel, which is funny when I saw that breakdown, but I did that movie and I felt things were going great. And then this opportunity appeared where I can work on a cruise ship. So I did that for a bit and really, yeah. So acting, but acting kept calling me back. Mm. Right. And it was just so funny where every time I'd come back from a contract, I'd try to get back in the room, but it just wasn't right because my attention was going towards the cruise ship. Mm. And I felt like a presenter. I felt like, and I, you can't be a presenter when you're trying to, you know, convince (laughs) your family that, you know, you're dying of something, you know, it's just, (laughs) you can't get back into that dramatic state. And then on my last contract, I remember where I just decided to put all my energy back into acting because it just kept calling me back. Mm-hmm. And another fun moment that kind of helped reinvigorate that passion was in Hong Kong where I'm on the Avenue of Stars down there where it just gives um, praise to essentially all the Chinese Asian um, actors that have went through Hollywood. So oh. it's like you're there with statues of Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan and stuff like that. And it's like Hollywood. It's this it's calling me back. Wow. So I had a talk with my boss at the time and he's like, you know, what? just follow your dream. See what happens because cruise ships at the end of the day will be there Hmm. right and i was like okay cool so i took everything i had and i just as soon as i got back onto land just didn't get a um a job i just took all my savings and just went put it into acting class into anything that helped better me as a person Hmm. and went broke (laughs) 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 and but like just I guess the universe realized how much effort and work I was putting into mm. just this one thing that eventually just everything just kind of came together. Consistency always is the key, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. that's also another fun thing too where it's like the thing that kills, um, I guess, dreams is when people put so much gravity on a deadline. Sure, it's, it's nice mm. to have a deadline and have that in mind, but the thing I I cringe at the most is when I'm talking to somebody who's say try trying to get into acting and then they'll say, okay, this year, you know, this and this and this had to happen. Hmm. And then my first thought is like, okay, well, what if it doesn't happen? It's like, oh, well, you know, I guess I tried. It's like, no, you didn't really try. You, you know, you just thought that something would happen. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I also advocate that there are so many different ways to succeed that, that could work. Mm-hmm. That potentially could work. Mm-hmm. And if it does, amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't be more happy. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, again, and I'll, I'll stand by like Morgan Freeman or Steve Carell where their success came in their 40s, yeah. right? And it's like I'm talking to people that are our age or younger. And it's like, why are you in such a rush to succeed? Yeah. Right? And then having that deadline just kind of stunts and puts pressure on them. And at the end of the day, when you're trying to chase your dream, if you have, and you know this in the audition room, the camera sees when you, you're desperate for this role yeah, and it just takes you out of the scene. And that desperation correlates with that stress that goes with this deadline mm-hmm. that they put on themselves. Right. That is so true. I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with friends of everyone feeling like they're in a rush to do something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I used to blame Toronto, be like, it's the Toronto energy, but no, <laughs> it's everywhere. And I yeah. think, you know, just on Instagram, there you're constantly being shown 
you're, you're constantly in a place of comparison with other people's yep. lives, right? And so I think maybe that's a factor that doesn't really help so much. But yeah. uh, that is such a great point of just getting to a point where you can ground yourself and say, hey, look, like I don't, I'm not in any rush. Like life mm-hmm. is long, like enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Live every day sort yeah. of thing, you know? It's, it's, it's society. You can't, you can't yeah. take that away from society where it's like, that's what society has you know, trained us to do and train yeah. and trained us to act like where as soon as you go through school, you're at a certain age and after that's done, well, guess what? You're an adult, hmm. right? And it's, it's just funny where it's like, okay, well, if you live to be a hundred, well, you're out of school by the age 20. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're only one fifth of the way there yet. You have to be an adult at this point and it's like okay well what does it mean to be an adult right then all of a sudden it's like oh i gotta get married i gotta have a stable job i gotta do this and it's like well if you're you know submitting to the way society has accustomed us to be Mm -hmm. then it's like yeah Mm -hmm. i get it but then again that's another energy that conflicts with you trying to chase a passion Mm -hmm. right because it doesn't always come and i'll always pose the question to people where it's hey if you can do what you love for the next 40 years and not get paid would you still do it right and that's the big factor is you have to understand that this might not come in 40 years but it'll come to you if you love it yeah right and that's just yeah where it sits for me the only argument I have with all this is something from like a female biological perspective. Fair. Yeah. Uh, and I think females c- feel the biological clock of mm-hmm. you need to have a kid now. Yeah. Like, Fair and enough. I, and yeah. since 25, I felt that, which is, r- it's, I'm, it's strange for me because I was never the girl to fantasize about getting married. Yeah. I never thought about having kids. Even I don't really right now. I just kind of feel like my body's preparing for it. Fair it's enough. very strange. And it's, and I think just the fear of, cause they say, I think it's after like 35, you risk yeah. having a kid with, you know, a disability or some sort and, you know, and health problems. And so mm. I think it's that fear, but there are so many women that have kids at, yeah. you know, forties and they, it's, they end up, you know, being yeah. fine and whatnot. Yeah. So cause like, even for me on, on that regard where it's like, I also, when I do have my child, which I do hope to have one day, I want to also be able to keep up with them. You know what I mean? Right. So that's also another big thing with that. But with respect to having a child and at an age, there are, you know, scientific advancements, for example, freezing your eggs, which right? I have been thinking. <laughs> so it's like, and I, I have friends that are in that position that have done that. Really? And fair enough. Huh. Where it's just like, that's just an extra way for you not to have to worry about that biological clock. Right. Sure. Yeah. So it, it is an option. Hmm. So as much as like, yeah, it is, it is, um, a woman's thing that they have to consider. And as a male, again, me wanting to have be able to chase my kids around and not like it's it's have energy yeah right so and that's also why when it comes to me now when i'm working at the gym i'm i just focus on mobility i don't really like (sighs) sure i want to try and have abs but it's like no that's not the goal i want to be able and as an actor too i just want to be able to know how my body moves and yeah. be able to move my body and not get hurt, especially when I'm trying to portray a character. 
Wow. I was just thinking about this right when I was coming to get the door to come get you because I've been feeling a lot of pains in my body recently. And I've been mm. thinking about, I'm supposed to take a dance class with my friends later tonight mm. and about listening to my body and how important it is for it to work so I could become other characters. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking about like, what do I value more? And right now, like I, I want to give my all to acting and I want to be able to have limbs that work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and my and I have been feeling a lot of pain. Mind you, it's in my wheel spinning arm because I spin the wheel. And <laughs> so Johnny, you met him. He's mm. uh, another host of the, he he um, created the show, but he also hosts it as well. Mm. And he when he spins the wheel, he gives. I don't know. He's just strong. So like he just <laughs> gives a lot to it. And so I just try to keep up with him. And yeah. I, I don't know what I did last week, but it is killing yeah. me. But I was just thinking about that, how it's so important that our body is our instrument yeah. being an actor. Yep. And, you know, it's and being able to move it a specific way and look a spe specific way to become yep. a character is super important. Because like even if you think about it, where just in general life, even um, medical practitioners, they always convince you to have a good posture, have a good posture. Mm. But if you get a lead role on a show where the character, you know, has a humped back, you're doing this totally. for three months out of the year, that will have an effect on you. For sure. And if you don't understand how your body moves, you're not going to understand how to properly hold this without hurting yourself. Hmm. Right. And I feel that's like a, a major thing when, especially when it comes to becoming a character, a lot of times um, the notion of becoming a character means, oh, I got to capture their voice. I just got to sound different. Well, it's like your body also has to encapsulate this character that you're trying to portray. Mm. So as simple as even have walking with a limp, that'll take its toll, right? Mm -hmm. Where, and if you walk with a limp that again, people don't realize it too. When, for example, if they have a back problem, they automatically get their back. But majority of the time it's probably their foot mm -hmm. because it's, it's all about your body balancing out. So, for example, say this shoulder hurts. Mm -hmm. and, it does. <laughs> <laughs> right? But if I'm not spinning a wheel, like, every single time, I'm what it could possibly be, and majority of the time it does end up being. So this hurts because this hip is a little bit out of line, so my shoulder is compensating for that. This hip is out of line because my right knee is compensating for the pain that's on my left foot. Right. Right. And your body's just constantly doing this teeter totter of trying to stay balanced. Mm. So when you force your body now to be in this different character mm. and you're not, your body isn't fit in a sense of being able to do these motions, then you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot yeah. with that. So yeah. that's when, that's my, I guess, um, way of approaching fitness in the gym is I just want to be able to move <laughs> when mm. I'm 50. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> like, goal. I, oh man, I was in London over the holidays and I saw Simon Callow do a one man show of the Christmas Carol. Wait, Simon Cowell or Callow? Callow. Callow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. Simon Cowell. <laughs> yeah, Simon Cowell. I don't know who Simon Cowell is. <laughs> he is like, <laughs> if, if you're heavy with, um, British um, film. He's he's typically the the older uncle, great supporting character. He has his lead roles in in um, medieval productions and mm. styles like that, and fabulous actor. And then a one man show for this. So majority of the show he's portraying Ebenezer Scrooge, where slow moving, surly, 
And as it progresses, he plays all the other characters. He plays the ghosts. He plays, um, um, what's his name? The one who works for Scrooge. Yeah. Um, he plays him. And at the end, like, he plays Tiny Tim as well, right? And it's just like when he embodies these different characters, you can see. So for the whole first uh, act and you see him portraying Scrooge frail and then all of a sudden he goes into one of the one of the ghost flashes where he's portraying like the family members having fun around the dinner table and he starts jumping and dancing and my first thought was again seeing this frail person on stage doing all this I'm like oh my god I hope he doesn't fall <laughs> you know but he's so aware of his instrument and knows how to use his instrument that he went from a 70-year-old Ebenezer Scrooge to a 20-year-old man. And it was so mind-blowing just watching that, wow. right? And him just changing his voice, becoming like Tiny Tim, and oh, it was it was fantastic. And again, inspiring, yeah. right? So just seeing these performances helps me, you know, see as an actor where I need to put my attention towards. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever talked about this with any of my actor friends before. <laughs> and this is something I've just been thinking about recently. Mm. Cool. Okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> what uh, What do you do to prepare yourself to get ready for an audition? I mean, like we were just talking about, obviously, you, you know, you're very mm. heavy into fitness. Do you eat specific foods? That sort of gets you your mind clear and ready. Because I know a lot of people mm. believe that gluten fogs the brain. So mm -hmm. do you have a process? Mm, for me, especially when it comes to eating, I do try to eat healthy and stuff. But mm -hmm. for me, it's 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 all mental in that aspect. Because even and I was talking about this the other day because I went to a health and fitness um, talk and networking event. And majority of the panel, they talked about diets. They talked about the food. And it was great. It was very informative. Mm. Um, but the thing that nobody really touched on was mental health. And what a lot of people fail to grasp onto is you can be eating the healthiest for your body. If you don't eat gluten and you're avoiding gluten, great. If you don't eat meat because meat makes you feel a certain way and you avoid that and great. But if you're stressed, your body's not going to be able to process that food properly. Mm -hmm. Right? So a lot of people put so much focus on the outside factors that they forget to work on themselves. Totally. Right. And it's like, for me, I'll, I'll eat what makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if I'm in a very, if I just, you know, if I win a million dollars and I want to spend money on cake, the cake is going to make me feel great. Right. But then if I am ready to, you know, go for a run or after my workout, when I want to re-nourish my body, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a salad and it'll make me feel great. Mm -hmm. Right. But and that's, that's my thing too, where it's just like, when it comes to diets, I don't like telling myself no, right? Because when you tell yourself no, it's like you're punishing yourself, you're restricting yourself. And when you restrict yourself, it's, it's an extra stress on you, hmm. as opposed to agreeing with a lifestyle. Because lifestyle, you're happy to do. So if my lifestyle says I want to eat a salad and everybody's having cake and they're like, oh, no, have cake. And it's like the cake's not making me happy. I'll have my salad because that's my lifestyle. Hmm. Right. Um, people like going to parties and, and enjoying that. I like having a drink every now and then. But when it comes to going to parties, I would rather stay at my place and read a book. And hmm. that's my lifestyle. And I'm happy with that lifestyle. Hmm. Right. 
and just agreeing with the lifestyle is I think the healthier way to go because your mind just feels so much freer, right? And when it comes to the food that you eat, feel great about it. I love that. Yeah. So you just eat what brings you joy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. Again, um, that's also another thing too in terms of understanding your body. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't take time to understand their body. And one thing I loved about the talk that I went to was everybody on the panel advocated taking time to know your body. And I compare it to shoes where diets are shoes. Keto diet could be Nike, Adidas could be Paleo, and it's it's great, right? And it can suit you, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is when you go to Foot Locker, when you go to Champs to buy your shoes, it's not made for your foot, hmm. right? Your arch could be off just a centimeter. You know, it's, it's not for your foot. It might feel great, but it's not for your foot. Mm-hmm. And it just takes time for you to understand how your body reacts to certain foods. Mm-hmm. So when people jump from diet to diet, they expect a result within like a week. But then you're not actually paying attention to what each individual food is doing to your body. Right. Right. You just now think it's the entire diet that you have to throw out the window because you feel a certain way and it takes time and society has just kind of sped up Hmm. where it doesn't make you think you have time Hmm. internet's gotten faster and it's funny because we're i think we're the last generation to have any ounce of patience because you know we had dial up internet you know what i mean Yep. (laughs) ain't that true (laughs) and even still man my boyfriend has no patience (laughs) you know what i mean and it's just like why is why is the world so so in a hurry right and in order for self-care you really need to take time and understand what it is that you want what makes you happy as opposed to your friends peer pressuring you into, hey, it's Friday night, let's go to the club. It's like, well, do you really need the club? Take yeah. take time, you know. Sure. Listen to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I am a big believer in this. Yeah. And I, because I actually live a vegan lifestyle, mm-hmm. and I, but I am not someone that says you should be vegan. <laughs> like, yeah. I am someone that says you should listen to what works for you. Yeah. So I like, I completely, I'm with you with that one. Cause I do think there's not a one size fits all for mm-hmm. some people. Mm-hmm. And like some people are vegan specifically for animal rights reasons. And they could very well, very much digest meat and eggs. Yeah. Personally, I actually can't. Yeah. I like, I took it out of my diet because Eggs give me acne, which is so annoying <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> and meat would make me so heavy that mm-hmm. I just I just felt bleh all yeah. the time. And so when I took it out, I felt so much better. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, you just listening to your body is just so important. But I love what you said about, you know, just what what brings you joy? If everybody lived like that, man, we'd be probably a little bit lighter. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be as stressed I because so we're just too. doing what brings us joy. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> cool. Okay. So I want to talk about, because you, you have a charity that yes. you have created. Let's talk about it. Tell everybody about, uh, it is called uh, Let's Play On. Uh, so the Play On Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, me and some friends got together and we're trying to first of all bring awareness to neurological research revolving around brain aneurysm prevention um it's it's fascinating too how amelia clark just released her 
charity. I know. And hers revolves around brain aneurysm rehabilitation. Uh So this is for, you know, people that have already experienced this trauma. I Um, just heard that. Mind blowing. She's had two or three. Yeah. Crazy. And, but for me, it's, I want to, I want to try and tackle the the task of prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, any way, shape or form where it's being able to detect it or can there be, you know, a certain superfood that prevents it or Mm -hmm. just something that, that Mm -hmm. can, you know, reduce the numbers that are growing when it comes to brain aneurysms within young adults and even in youths. Um, a friend of mine passed away in 2013 um, which relates back to like the the Instagram handle where it's play on 2013. Um, and essentially it's back when I was 20, uh, 25, it's like you think that it's not a thought where mm-hmm. you think even at 25, the thought of say cancer was becoming, okay, you got to eat right, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Um, because it can lead to things that can trigger cancer. So it was aware. Mm-hmm. That was a thought. But when it came to brain aneurysms, it's like, no, this only happens to old people when they fall and hit their heads, you know? And it was it was such a naive thought. And then it happened to my friend. Healthy, wasn't, you know, doing anything that caused any head trauma. When he went, the incident happened, he was watching a movie with his girlfriend. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? And it, oh. it, it was so quick. Oh, right. my, really? Yeah. Oh, the poor girl. Right. So, and, uh, yeah. So, just to even be in that moment where once, because all with the brain brain aneurysm is, is it's a blood clot that happens, right? And now it's a 50-50 chance Mm -hmm. of surviving it or not. And even if you do survive it, now there's another 50-50 chance of does it cause brain damage or does it not, right? So, even if it happens the chances of you coming out of it unscathed is very slim. Okay. I see. Right. So, but once that, you know, aneurysm ruptures mm-hmm. and hematoma starts and now there's internal bleeding, you have, you pretty much have to be at the hospital when that happens in order for them to save anything. Right. right? But it happened to him when he was at home in the comfort of his home watching a movie. You know what I mean? And when it happens, just even the signs of it, like, I guess within the last 20 years, the understanding of how to detect a heart attack or how to detect stroke, now these symptoms are starting to, but like Mm -hmm. in that situation where my friend was watching a movie and all of a sudden he's just getting a headache, you know, you don't really know what to do. You don't, you just think it's a headache, Right. right? As opposed to if you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you think, Am I smelling burnt toast? Oh, that could be something serious. You know what sure, I mean? So yeah. it's like there has to be there has to be some way to detect these things. And there's nothing. There's right nothing. Now. And that was and uh. that's if you talk to any um healthcare professionals on that aspect too, it it's very, I guess, concerning. Their answer to it is there's nothing you can do. It can happen to anybody. Right. Right. It's like, what do you mean it can happen? Like it's right. that there's there has to be unfortunately sure it can just happen now but it's because we just haven't gotten to that point yet where we've discovered something yet and within the neurological field aneurysms are and this is based off of talking to toronto sick kids hospital who's one of our partners where they mentioned where it's just aneurysms are one of the least funded research 
mm. um, areas of research. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'd like to allocate. Um, we'd like to allocate the funds right. to, to go towards that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm very interested in this because um, I had a concussion a few years ago. Mm. And I in actually in the last year, I've noticed my brain changing a lot. Mm. Like just just how I think uh, my brain goes blank a lot. Mm. Um, I I'll be in a conversation and then all of a sudden don't know what I'm talking about. It's very frustrating. Um, yeah. And I had an incident last year and this is what I was going to ask if you know, have you heard of anything uh, where any kind of like substance abuse has like led to aneurysms? Has it, has that come up at all? That's all been speculation yeah. in that sense where like, for example, how there's a lot of propaganda on say like marijuana. Oh, marijuana does this marijuana. Does. But that's, then it's like, that's all, that's all just propaganda. Right. Right. But there's no actual scientific proof. There's no research that is, that stands behind it when right. it comes to substance abuse yeah. leading to this. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's the, yeah, I was interested in it cause I don't usually smoke weed at all. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to have had, um, one of those, just like a, like a weed gummy, <laughs> uh, last year. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't have one. I had like two and a half. Yeah. And when, the, they were you're a, sold you're a to party us. animal Jeez. Well, <laughs> that's a, a well that's the thing when yeah. they were sold to us we were told they were like 10 milligrams okay and so you know i, I mean again because i don't smoke or mm -hmm. do anything like that mm -hmm. i didn't really know how much is too much and my boyfriend said oh you'd be fine with that turns out they were 40 each so I had 90 milligrams and I like lost it yeah and I and what's what's really interesting is it was I had a cr kind of like a crazy weird experience um spiritual experience where like like there was like voices talking through me and like it's nice. actually all That's in crazy. like my boyfriend yeah. recorded at all it was oh, really wow. <laughs> wild and I and um I don't know if you know much about DMT but I mm -hmm. had like uh, the way I didn't know anything about DMT and the experience of when people do it uh, before this. And from what I understand from people having those experiences was very similar to what happened to me in terms of like seeing shapes that don't like doesn't really make sense. And mm -hmm. I was trying to like hold on to the understanding of the universe because I felt like I just fully had grasped it and my brain was throbbing. And I kept saying to my boyfriend, I understand schizophrenia. Hmm. kept saying it's very <laughs> weird and his his uncle has schizophrenia yeah and i kept saying i understand your uncle now i understand schizophrenia and then sure enough what's interesting is that there's actually a lot of evidence like and uh, a lot of people believe that uh you know, overdosing essentially with weed can lead to schizophrenia being triggered in someone. Hmm. And what's interesting is that his uncle did used to smoke weed when he mm -hmm. was younger. So who knows if there's yeah. an actual core, like if that's what triggered I, it for him. Like any, I guess any kind of substance when you've done it too long yeah. will have some type of side effects. Well, that's the thing. Right. Since that incident, that mm -hmm. was April last year, I would have moments where like I would forget where I am mm -hmm. and my, my brain would, for I, I would say for a good six months afterwards, now it doesn't really happen anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, it stopped, but for a good six months, I my brain would throb occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, I would really have such a hard time concentrating. Mm -hmm. I would be in Cricket Live, in my show, forget what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So and I, like, yeah. And then... 
And then, of course, you get panic attacks of that happening because you're live and yeah. there's thousands of people watching you, yeah. you know. So anyways, I just sort of felt like maybe my I had like a minor brain aneurysm hmm. during that experience mm -hmm. because of the after effects and how hmm. like how much it affected me and how. I, and how my memory has changed yeah. and my thinking and I and I generally feel like much lower and like it's it's harder for me to uh, be a lot more positive than it like I never really struggled with this I, I did struggle with depression years ago mm -hmm. and I sort of worked through that with CBT therapy and all kinds of things but this kind of uh, put my brain in a state where it felt um, I don't know, just lower and more uh, yeah. sad. And, and it's it's kind of, it's hard to explain. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I'm interested in this a little bit because I need to do more research. And mm -hmm. I, I just wonder if there are like, you know, occasions where there's small aneurysms that could happen from instances like this. And I don't know, Amelia Clark, Clark's... Uh, like, so for example, um, yeah. in terms of how aneurysms form, um, all it is is a blood clot. Simple okay. as that. Okay. And so, for example, focusing on, like, say, substance use, it's whatever the substance, how your body reacts to the substance. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're completely fine and, you know, your your arteries and veins, the blood is traveling fine through it. If you happen, if this substance happens to do something to your, you know, your your blood system where it contracts your veins or something like that or your mm. arteries and all of a sudden blood can't pass through it properly then that can lead to a small blood clot gotcha. whether or not you know but that's the thing with the body too is while it's traveling your body also does a great job of separating your hemoglobin when it's traveling through so it doesn't stay as a blood clot hmm. like for example you can an aneurysm an aneurysm in the brain can happen from when you say hurt your foot you stub your foot and then you have like a a formation of um a blood clot from your foot and if it doesn't break up and it just travels through your vein through your legs and you know what i mean so it can uh. travel it doesn't necessarily have to be something within the brain itself uh. but and then that's where you have you know aneurysms in your heart as well where um that can lead to strokes and stuff hmm. as well is because you now all of a sudden your heart can't pass you know this hemoglobin it clogs your your veins and arteries and that's all it is and it's just a buildup. Right. right. And that's what leads to hematoma is the rupturing of that blood vessel is because your blood's trying to pass through, but it can't because it's blocked. Okay, I see. Right. Yeah. So then that's where that comes in. And then, for example, when it comes to those moments where the blood vessel doesn't rupture, now you, if that blood clot is doing damage, it's because wherever that blood is trying to travel to, the oxygen is not able to get there now because of it's mm. it being blocked. Okay. Right. Hmm. So like aneurysms, they and that's why they are known within the neurological world is like the silent killer where mm. it's and for example, you're experiencing these things and now you feel the need to, you know, go and get it checked out. Mm -hmm. But if I don't know that I have an aneurysm, yeah. because sometimes majority of the time you don't have signs, then you won't have it checked out. You won't go have it checked out. Sure. And that's the only reason why we go to the doctor is because we want to get something checked out. Yeah. Other than that, we avoid it for whatever reason. Oh, I don't have time. My schedule is too busy. Or even, oh, I feel this way, but no, it'll pass. Like we put it off. Yeah, I don't do. know why, but we have this macho bravado of us thinking that you know we'll be okay we've been healthy for so long we'll be fine you know what mm -hmm. i mean and then by the time you, 
you realize it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then even with that, where doctors will speculate a certain thing, but in order today to actually locate an aneurysm is if you were to go through the procedures of getting like a CT scan and MRI scan. Yeah. Right. And then if you have any Americans that are watching this, like that costs so much money in the States. Most of the people, you know what I mean? Are American. So it's yeah. like you're, you, you shoot yourself in the foot when it comes to, Oh, I just want to get checked. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where there has to be, you know, an easier way to detect it somehow, even, even for here in Canada to, you know, let that be also part of a routine checkup or something. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I often think about that and how blessed we are mm-hmm. in the fact that we can just go to the doctor and, yeah. you know, get an MRI and don't have to pay anything for it. Like it's pretty, it's pretty wild. I have tons of American friends where it's like, Mm-hmm. They have to kind of weigh how badly they think that they need it because yeah. it's a lot of money for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that you're doing this. I think this is fantastic. Are you going to throw any events for fundraising for this? That or? is the plan. So I'm yeah. actually in Toronto for our first official board meeting. Awesome. For that. Um, I started the foundation as a nonprofit business last year and it just took up till now to actually get approved to be you know a registered and recognized charity right so it's like you can have a nonprofit doesn't necessarily make it a charity sure. so now that we're a charity which is the goal that I was hoping to get now we can actually move forward and start you know advertising it and mm. promoting it as a charity um so our plan is to have an initial hard launch for it cuz as of now it's just all word of mouth it's there um get people to notice it and then our next step is we want to throw that event that says hey this is official right um and then we can start you know accumulating um analytics of impact that we're leaving on the community and then we can use that and pitch that and then hopefully we can arrange a gala type dinner in the winter yeah um because our goal is in terms of the image of it is we want to essentially hand over that big check to whichever foundation that we're, we're partnered up with. Right. Mm. And just have that grandiest moment. And then in the summertime, we also want to do like a 5k type run. That would that. be awesome. Yeah, fi- I would totally do it. Let <laughs> me know if that works yeah. out. So it's like, <laughs> aside from the launch, we want to maintain those biannual events of, the summer 5k barbecue and then the winter gala for the partners and make it a bit more formal. That's awesome. Okay. Well, you'll have to let me know when you're having your event and I'll tell everybody on the show. I'll have to promote it. That's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, cool. So I just want to, I have a few more things. I want to ask you about your ring. So we were talking about that. He's, he's, you know, I think (laughs) when you have four rocks on your hand, you're a little bit spiritual. So how did you get into all this? Are you like, what do you Um, have like a spiritual practice or anything? Yeah, just through talking with people and Mm -hmm. and their, their understanding of crystals and stones and, and vibrations. Um, Because especially when it comes to us as, conscious creatures we kind of have to keep that in mind of you know especially when it comes to the laws of attraction vibration and you have the even just the term vibration and resonance if you take that into the physics world you know 
understanding resonance, you can, I can break this glass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's vibrations that are the molecules vibrating together, holding this together essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like understanding that, um, on a scientific level. And so for us as conscious beings, connecting it to the spiritual world, um, we have to be in tune with that. Um, and I think crystals do a great job of also just helping us and reminding us of what we need to be thinking of because we can't attract things that we're not thinking of. Mm -hmm. Right. So I feel it plays like a very strong role and that's why a lot of crystals nowadays too, they're not pure crystals. So they wouldn't have these same mystical effects that you've read about. Hmm. Um, but they do a great job of keeping your mind in tune with that vibration has to be at. Right. Um, and that's why they also say crystals will come to you at a certain time. And then when you don't need them anymore, you don't need them. Yeah. Right. Or they'll break. Yeah. Or something. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's because now your, your mind is aligned with these things. Mm-hmm. Right. Like for example, I had a, a labradorite, labradorite stone, um, which I just conveniently lost at one point where I carried it with me everywhere. And then all of a sudden I, I lost it, <laughs> but like, it's, it still resonates with me, right? right? And and with these stones that I have, I also have my mini mantra with them. And it's funny because I I use these stones, again, just to remind me. And, and it just helps me feel good. And I was staying at an Airbnb one time and the owner of it like kind of called me out on it. Where he's just like, hey, I like your insecurities. What? You know? That's essentially what it is, is I wear these because I kind of need to remind myself of what things I also need to do, right? I understand, but that's kind of a negative way. It's, it's I a, don't know. It's a weird, like, but weird thing to it's say. It's a weird way to approach it, <laughs> yeah. but again, like, it makes so much sense. Sure. It makes sense. Right? It's, it's It seems like he was trying to be funny slash smart, but, like, he's But he's, he's right, aware. Though. Exactly. Yeah. He's aware of it. And yeah. just to also be aware of the fact that, again, I'm not... I'm not wearing this to show off to other people. I'm, right. I am for wearing yourself. it for me because, right. So it's like, sure. And so when I put them on, I do, I have this simple little mantra, like for example, so for turquoise, turquoise is known to connect you to, uh, the universe and, and the higher being and, and just being aware of everything around you. Um, lapis lazuli, it's blue because of its similarities to water and understanding clarity and being able to make right decisions, Mm. Um, carnelian agate because of its color represents fire and desire and, and executing what it is that you want to do. And for this one, it's a nice related quartz and it's been known to help with blocking out negativity. Right. So it's like, I'll put this one on first to say, um, connect me with the universe so I may understand who I truly am so I can do the things that make me you know, the best person that I can be while blocking out negativity. Wow. And then again hmm. with my, the Labradorite that I lost after I put that on, I just say trust transformation and transition because that's what Labradorite is known for. Hmm. And then I don't wear my Jade anymore because then I just, Jade is known for just luck in general as well. Hmm. So then I ended off with and just pretty bring me luck. Wow. <laughs> How awesome. I mean, I have tons of stones. I have like a whole fishbowl of stones, mm-hmm. but I need a mantra now. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's super Cause, cool. Cause like they're there for a reason. Right. And sure. it's like just understanding why they're there just helps you stay in line as well. Right. And like, if you see a stone that you realize that you don't need anymore, then you know, you can give that to somebody. 
Right. Right. Maybe they might need it a bit more explained to them what the purpose of the stone is and where it can bring their mindset and maybe it can help them. I do plan on doing that. Um, I'm trying to get to Burning Man this year. Do you Mm -hmm. know what Burning Man is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things they say to do is to bring a gift for everybody Mm. and something that you can just give out. Everybody? That's that's expensive. Not not (laughs) (laughs) 8,000. But you know, something that you can do to give back. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to go to my um, uh, spiritual store, it's mm-hmm. called Odyssey, and just like pick out stones nice. like that I'm drawn to that would be for people. And then I'm just going to give them out. Yeah. Because why not? Why not? Yeah. You know? That'd be cool. Yeah. That w- I thought that would be a cool idea. Cool. That just gave me an idea. I think I'm going to do that. Actually, um, I was trying to remember what these ones are called. This is Serpentine. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what it represents. <laughs> and this looks like it might be like your blue one. Um, so I wouldn't say this one's quite lapis lazuli just because with the lapis, it has like little gold traces on it. Okay. Uh, Is it sparkly? Can I see it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember what this one's called. I just got this the other day. Mm-hmm. And I remember as, so the one of the girls that works there, I call her my, my crystal queen. Mm-hmm. And she just knows everything about nice. every stone. Yeah. You pick one up, she's like, well, that one's for this purpose. And, mm-hmm. this. and so she's, what she said to me was exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. But I'm blanking right now, of course, oh. if I Remind, if I remind yourself. Because then, again, that's why, that's the best purpose of having these stones. So you can constantly remind yourself. I know. And it's like why I have this tattoo here, right? So this is an Om sign from Beautiful. Hindi, right? And it's just, it's something that grounds me. And I purposely got it on my hand so I can see it, hmm. right? Because I'll have those moments where I'm going through whatever it may be. Um, and I just need to remember, you know, to balance myself and connect myself back to the universe. And that's mm-hmm. what this Om sign was for the last how many years. But, and that's also another thing too that I came to, I guess, come around and realize where it's like, I try to just live a balanced life. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Like there's, there's this, have you seen the Bill Murray documentary on Netflix? I don't think it's there anymore, Mm-mm. but oh, it's so beautiful. And I love him. And it just talks about, you know, living a balanced life and not letting things get carried away and not taking things too seriously. And there's a story that was, um, that's translated from Taoism, but, Essentially, it's um, a farmer lost his horses. His horses escaped. And then his neighbor was like, oh, that's unfortunate. And then the farmer was like, oh, well, you know, who's to say what's good or bad? And then the next day, the horse comes back with 20 mares. So it's like, and then the neighbor comes like, oh, congratulations. You got so many horses now. And then the farmer's like, well, who's to say what's good or bad? (laughs) And then... Now the son had to try and break the mares in, right? But then the son broke his arm trying mm. to do that. And then the neighbor's like, oh, that's unfortunate. And then the farmer's like, well, who's to say what's good or bad? And then the next day, there was the army draft. So, but because the son was hurt, he can't. So now the neighbor's like, oh my gosh, that's so good. And then the farmer, again, just staying even keel, not celebrating, not necessarily, you know, going into the lulls. Because this story can go on forever and ever with good or bad, good or bad, good or bad. Right. And it's just staying balanced because then it just helps you continue on with your day. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like I've, when I first got this, I used it as whenever things got, got me down, then this helped brought me up. Mm-hmm. Right. But then over the years, as 
time progressed, all of a sudden I felt like, oh, this is helping me stay on this high. Amazing. But when I'm just floating on this high for so long, all of a sudden I crash Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. You can have a family member pass away. You can have, you know, so many different bad outcomes, just like you're enjoying things and you get this news and all of a sudden, boom. Right. And then all of a sudden I have to go back to this to bring me up. But then I've started using my own sign to if something amazing happens, just zen out and just kind of remember that, okay, this is great. I can celebrate it, but don't let it take me somewhere where I can't, you know, deal with whatever else comes from it. Right. So just being able to just stay balanced and, and on that even keel surface as I like to call it. Well, the yin and yang, right? Yeah. You know, there's, but there's, I love that story. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it just shows you that when there's good, there's also bad and then mm-hmm. there's good again. And then mm-hmm. it, that's just the circle of life. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, we're all reaching for happiness. Yeah. There's so many other emotions. There's so many other feelings and experiences to have mm-hmm. in life. And it's, I find it interesting that we all do that because uh, without the bad times, yeah. Often that's what leads to happiness. So mm-hmm. after a drought, that's usually when things start getting better, right? Mm-hmm. Like every story, that was your story. That was Mina's story from Aladdin. That's like so many people that I know that's super successful. It's they, mm-hmm. they went, they had a really shitty time and then they got something good and then it's shitty again and then it's good. And like, that's just life. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's great that you have that reminder and um, symbols are super powerful. I think yeah. I'm actually wearing funny enough. I put this on the other day, a mm-hmm. pentacle and I'm yeah. not, I'm not like pagan. I'm not like religious or anything, but the pentacle is supposed to represent protection. Mm-hmm. And I do feel protected when I wear it. I try to hide it because sometimes people get scared of it. Mm-hmm. And that's more of also me not wanting to project fear onto anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Like I hide it for that reason. I want, I want to create an experience for everyone that's around me to feel calm and feel good mm-hmm. and to leave happier. So that's me just being sort of aware of the fact that like, yes, not everyone uh, understands the symbolic reason of why I wear it. Mm-hmm. But um, truly, yeah, it does remind me that, you know, I'm protected, I'm good, but it's kind of similar to you is that's my insecurity of not feeling protected, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I wear it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting. Wow, I could talk about this stuff forever. Yeah, I love it. Okay, sure. well, to wrap it up, though, mm-hmm. going to do my favorite thing ever. Have you ever okay. played with angel cards before? I personally have never done that. <gasps> you are an angel card virgin? I am. Oh my God, this is so <laughs> exciting. Okay, well, this is something I just do for fun at the end of every podcast. So mm. this is the Wisdom of the Hidden Realms deck. It's mystical. fun. Very okay. mystical, yes. <laughs> uh, it's by a woman named Colette Baron reed who's actually Canadian. Okay. And she's just super cool, and I'm like really like obsessed with her. So the way that this works, um, I will shuffle the cards, and mm. you can just tell me if you... First, two things. You can have a specific question or you can say that you want uh, you want general knowledge for your day or for your week. So Hmm. kind of what we were talking about earlier about, you know, not setting like timelines for, you know, for when you want goals. I, I like the idea of saying general knowledge because you never know what might come to you and you never know what you might need. Fair. So what would you like? I will definitely stick with general knowledge. Yeah. I don't I don't want to know. You know what I mean? So it's like mm. I'd rather not ask a specific question and and my life kind of be dictated now. Like Yeah. I, it's a great way of being, yeah, I think, right? Yeah. I think that's just a personal preference too of of that. 
Alrighty, so what does... Now, I'm so used to calling you Xavier. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Chevy. Chevy? Chevy. 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 Need to know. That's his, that's his actual name, but his star name now is Chevy. <laughs> and I think it's cool. It's, who, there's no other Chevy out there. But so. one thing like I learned, too, and that's why I guess my name progressed to that, where it's being in so many meetings and, and being around people where it's just like everybody wants to be correct about it. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, how do you say your name? And to be quite frank, my name is the name I use the least. It's okay. like with you. Right. Right. Like your name is not meant for you. Your name is meant for everybody else to use. Right. And then with my travels, I'm coming across French people, Spanish people. Everybody says it differently. You know what Chevy. I mean? So it's like, okay. who am I to be in France and everybody's calling me Xavier? And I'm just like, no, 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 that's not how you say it. <laughs> that's how they say it. You know what I mean? So that's, I've, I've come to learn where, you know, there's many ways to say it and just say it if, and so for example, if I were to say your name, how I thought it'd be, if you correct it, then I'll correct myself. Mm. But then just say it and just see where that goes. Because... And then it always ends up leading to, so you'll have multiple people. Oh, I say it this way. I say it this way. I say it this way. It's like, which way is right? It's like, whichever way. Huh. And then it comes down to, oh, well, uh, you know, oh, how, how does your mom say it? And then my mom says it another way. You know mm. what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, well, how do you like to say it? And so whenever it leads to that question, I go to my adventures in Europe where everybody said Xavier. So then huh. Xavier. Were you in a lot of Spanish countries? <laughs> That's just how they, because it's weird how the X translated from Spain into the Latin Americas, right? Right. Where the X kind of adopted the J, the silent huh, Yeah. Right? So Javier in Mexico, yeah. but then if you're in Spain or in Portugal, they'll say Xavier. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Okay. I'm saying <laughs> that. I love it. Well, good. I won't feel worried now. <laughs> Okay, I pulled you two cards. Oh, my God. So I just, you know, I just kind of go with it and we'll see what <laughs> happens. So the first card you got is called the Ice Queen. Oh, Daenerys. Right? <laughs> so beautiful. Is that like your celebrity crush? She's, Amelia. Ugh. I fell in love with Amelia in watching You Before Me. Me Before You? Me Before You. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh man. So good. She's just so lovable though. Yeah. There's a there's a YouTube channel talking about why she's so lovable and the things that she does. It mm -hmm. just sort of analyzes characteristic traits mm -hmm. and how to make you more uh, like charismatic because mm -hmm. she's just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she. I was watching. I went, wow, she is so lovable. Like she, what a. What I've like realized too when it comes to I guess looking at people and how they react to things. It's funny, but. There are people who, and I l like to describe it as they smile with their eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's Amelia. When she smiles, like her whole face kind of just shrinks with her smile. Yeah. And it, it just, it makes your whole being melt. And it's just like, oh, yeah. wow, that's the best smile ever. Truly, yeah. <laughs> because like you can have people smile, but then it's like, because people always used to say to me, it's like, oh, you have happy eyes. And it's like, what does that mean? And then I started thinking about it. It's like, well. If I like cover my mouth, you could still see when I'm smiling, mm -hmm. right? Because my eyes smile and it's like, cool. <laughs> it's Do I have know. that? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> it's, that's such an awkward thing to do. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so the Ice Queen. We'll read that one first. Okay. And then uh, the second one is called the Spirit Whisperer. So it actually represents divine guid- guidance. And this one is Ideas Preserved, I believe. Hmm. Okay, so the Ice Queen has co- come to block your movement for your highest good. Oh, that's interesting. Let your. <laughs> it, it's always funny where it's the opposite, where it's like, ooh, that looks cool. And then it's like, oh, well, this is going on. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of, well, I thought it was interesting also because that's kind of what we were talking about. Yeah, like, just okay. going with it, you know? All right, hit me. What do we got? So say it again. <laughs> Let your ideas be preserved until later. You can thaw mm. them out and use them at another time when they best serve. Mm. The realm of the Ice Queen is the place of non-action, and now is a perfect time to take a look at how far you've come and to ask yourself for a re-clarification of your highest goals. Okay. Not all your plans can be accomplished at this moment. In fact, putting them on ice allows for the perfect timing later on. Don't be too hasty in trying to reach your goal. An even better one will present itself if you surrender and spend the winter with the ice queen. Perhaps, too, you're trying to do too many things at once. This is a good occasion to choose only one thing to focus on and let the ice queen put the others in the deep freeze until a more appropriate time. She'll let you know when it's time to let them thaw. And I like the cool. author of these cards because she uses like ice queen and like yeah. all these different characters, but really the underlining is the universe or mm-hmm. God or whatever you believe. It is interesting too. Cause like there's so many different things I can relate it to, but like at the beginning too, where read, read the first sure. few sentences. Yeah. The ice queen has come to block your movement for your highest good. Let your ideas be preserved until later. You can thaw them out and use them at another time when they will best serve. So like, for example, with that, where it's funny, where there's so many people that, they'll I guess it's it's interesting where it's like they want to know or they want my advice on stuff and it's like I keep to myself a lot hmm. so I don't put myself in those spaces because whenever I share certain things it takes my energy out hmm. and if I try to help everybody and anybody and and not focus on my own energy, which I also feel other people should take into consideration, where you kind of have to realize there are certain people that you can spend your energy on and there are certain people you can't, mm-hmm. right? So when you reserve, you know, opinions for people, like, for example, debating people on veganism or debating people on religion, there's just some people that just won't have an open mind that won't and it's like why are you beating a dead horse sure. right but and it's it's just funny because that's usually where my thought goes when hearing something like that so cool i love it yeah and i i totally agree i think more people do need to focus on like being aware of who they give their energy to and sort of set those boundaries and i'm that that like you saying that is so relevant to my day today <laughs> <laughs> and my week so i love it mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason i believe yeah uh, okay, number three is the Spirit Whisperer. Spirit Whisperer. Listen for the whispers. <laughs> so sad the video died. No. Okay, so everybody on the podcast, we stopped it for just a second. And uh, yeah, we got the video footage rolling again. And uh, yeah, I'm It's funny though you mentioned that because it's like with the podcast, people on the podcast wouldn't know. Because you can just, wouldn't. I know. Yeah, I might not even put this in. We'll see. But then for the video, they gotta. <laughs> they gotta know. They they gotta know what happened from this <laughs> to now we're over here. Like the cards were in even out. Continuity is off, and they're just like, "What happened?" There's like, "What did I just go into an altered dimension where I missed a whole bunch of things?" 
Yes, you did. You did. You did. You did. I'm did. here to tell you that you are in the fifth dimension while we are still on the third. And um, you, you Marvel fans yeah. out there, it's the multiverse. It is. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> okay, so the Spirit Whisperer, Spirit that Whisperer. was your next card that I pulled for you. So that represents... Uh, you got the ally. It was facing up. So as an ally, the spirit whisperer comes to you heralding the miraculous and inspired. She whispers guidance from the divine through your higher senses so that you can hear her wisdom and know her love for you. She is committed to helping you into it the next right action and steers you away from trouble. The spirit whisperer keeps you inspired to move forward, always knowing just in time the correct next step. She guides you to fulfill your highest purpose. When she appears, it's a sign of inspired ideas that with continual action, lead to success that's a very good omen if your question is about a relationship well you don't have a question but if uh, <laughs> you have any questions about relationships <laughs> the spirit <laughs> whisperer speaks of soul connections past lives and great learning through mutual mirroring she will whisper how long how short how deep and how sweet the relationship can be there were soul bargains made even before you were born you were born here and an and an exploration is in order. You may move forward, but keep listening. Wow, stutter central. You may move forward, but keep listening to the spirit whisper for the lessons that the vulnerability of love brings. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Do you indeed. have a lady friend right now? <laughs> well, we're she back in Toronto, stone. you know what I mean? So uh, it's like, yeah. Well, that's not a good place to meet a lady friend. You live in Vancouver. But like, it's funny where it's just like, talking about the past it's like old flings are you know? ah, <laughs> so of course huh huh, huh. well beware mm. past life stuff huh. you know huh. wow oh wait well thank you so much for being here okay. truly had such a blast and i always like to finish on uh two notes tell us one goal you're working on right now Just fun goal you're working on let us have it <laughs> Well, I guess this charity, right? Yes. Yep. Fabulous goal. And uh, when you have an event, you yeah. you will let us know. Yep. So cool. the main focus right now is just that board meeting. And cool. Is that today? That's that going to be on Monday. Great. So well, that's going to be like the... Uh, we're boards of directors. Like, what? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like, it's it's fascinating where I was talking to a friend the other day and, and they were asking how, you know, it's like, oh, well you know, how did you get it started? And it's like, to be honest, I, I just said, Hey, I have money. I'm passionate about this. <laughs> and I put the money towards it. I don't personally, like I'm no neurosurgeon. I'm not a expert in the field, but it's yeah. just something I'm passionate about. That's fantastic. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> Great goal. Well, yeah. best of luck with that. Thank you. And uh, the model of the podcast is the grass is greenest where you are right now. So it I agree. kind of goes hand in hand with everything that you believe and just sort of living each day and being present and, mm -hmm. you know, For sure. carpe diem, right? Well, it's funny. The tattoo on my chest is carpe noctum. So what does that mean? Noctum. What does that mean? Night. Seize the night. Interesting. Everybody, because when I first got it too, I got it because everybody says carpe diem. And it's like, <laughs> this is especially back when I was like, just grinding and grinding, just working on it. So it's like I'd have my day job like everybody else, but then it's like working on my passion and stuff was at night. So it's like many sleepless nights of just working on myself. And yeah. You are so deep. 
<laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Honestly, such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I'm sending you so much love, light, and motivation to go slay at your goals. Love it. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. For more Namaste or to support the Namaste podcast, visit patreon.com slash Melissa Malati. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Melissa Malati.